Welcome to the Biz for Good Show, where we highlight misfits, outcasts, and renegades for the being good and doing good movement. We spotlight people that are changing the world by having integrity and honesty and creating an environment of connection, thus showing the true secret to success and creating a life of greater impact. So come on board and create your own Biz for Good life. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Biz for Good Show. I am your host, Bobby Glenn James, along with the in the house, Ryan Pilkington. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Pilkington in the house. Tell us about the show. New format, new things, doing new things. What what do we got going on today, Ryan? It's awesome. It's, it's good so Friday. The weather is spectacular here in Salt Lake City, Utah. I don't, you know what I'm saying. I'm here. We're good. We're good. We got a great guest. We're here. We got a good guest. Got an amazing guest. Let's do this. I did. I did want to mention something on the way to to work today. On the way to down the yellow brick road. Yeah. Something happened. I passed. Now this might get a little dark for a second. I do apologize. But I went past a, a, a cemetery. Oh my gosh, that's so dark. I know. But on on a gravestone right there, it said startup. <laughs> that was on this gravestone. <laughs> and I said, man, that startup died. Really. <laughs> startup. That was an honest story. I actually. You saw that. I actually the guy's saw his last star- name was Startup. startup. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I saw a little bunny run over on the side of the road today. You <laughs> don't. Okay. Yeah. I don't want. Okay. We, we'll little move bunny. on. We'll move Gosh, on. Gosh. Okay. Sheesh. Wow. Ryan, right. take us down there. Yeah, let's do that. Anyways, I, I just thought it was an <laughs> irony, ironic. Startups. Yeah. There's not Startups don't die. Yeah. They just go move to on. a magical place. They move on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's let's get into the show. We have my Maxwell Ivy on the show with us coming from Houston. Is that correct? Correct? Yep. Awesome. Yep, that's correct. Houston, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. A fellow Texan, my friend. Yes, a fellow Texan. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, Maxwell is known internationally as the blind blogger and has gone from failed carnival owner to respected amusement equipment broker to self-help author, a motivational speaker, online media publicist, and the host of What's Your Excuse podcast. He actually sent us a book to, what was the name of the book? Uh, leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light. Oh, I, I love that title. That's awesome. Yes, so yeah, we've been, we've been reading it. Welcome aboard, Mr. Maxwell. Yeah! Let's get him on the show. All right. How are we doing, you know, sir? You know, you know, I've always wanted to be part of the Wayne's World experience. Now I can tell my brother I have. So. <laughs> hey, wow. That is something we have <laughs> never heard. Woo, yeah, Wayne's World. Uh, we get somebody our Wayne's age World. in here. That's not. <laughs> Wayne's World, <laughs> Wayne's World, <laughs> awesome. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just responding to the entrance of this show, and I'm thinking, you know, table. They could be these guys, you know. I, I don't have any way of knowing. Y'all could be in your basement. I don't know, man. I mean, but Wayne's World, you know, those guys went from nothing to putting on, you know. Uh, putting on a big concert and stuff, so who knows? But oh. yeah, I've, uh, oh, we've I've, put on concerts. Yeah, I, we we are the parallels are big, Ryan. Am I Wayne or are you? 
between. I don't know. They were both I don't crazy. Know. I think it comes down to which one of you can play lead guitar, right? I mean, oh, that, that's the side who we is played playing the guitar, guitar too. Yeah, that's We'd, right. We both play rhythm, though, so yeah. that oh, might you, be. Yeah, you need to find a lead guitarist or something <laughs> or a drummer or something. So. I play mean air guitar, though. Nobody air can beat me at air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maxwell, uh, thank uh, you so much for coming on the show, being on the show. I can already tell this is going to be a great show uh, with yeah. the new format and stuff. We just want to know a little bit about you. So tell us, you know, about you, how you became to do what you do. How did you get the success you have? I mean, kind of just kind of tell us your story a little bit so that so the listeners can kind of hear it. So we're just going to let you go with that. All right. So I grew up in a family of carnival owners here in Texas. I also grew up knowing eventually I would lose most, if not all, my vision. Uh, I did become legally blind by the time I entered junior high school. I had light perception by the time I graduated from college. Uh, in addition to, to you know, completing a usual education, I'm also one of the few legally blind Eagle Scouts. I um, was lucky enough to work in my family's business, traveled around the country with the carnival for 15 years before my dad's death led to the closure of our small show. And then I thought, well, I need to know, I needed to do something else. So I started helping people sell their used rides. And, uh, of course, this was in 2007, which was before WordPress, Wi-Fi, or Facebook. And so I had to figure out a whole bunch of things that I'd never done before. Most importantly, I had to teach myself how to, how to code HTML so I could get my website online and, and keep it maintained and updated and growing. So, uh, you know, as I did things, I just had to do other things. Like, I got a website. People said, you have to have a blog. And then... Social media came along, email lists, recruiting clients. And, you know, people said, Max, you know, whatever you're doing, you're very inspiring. We want you to share more of your experiences as a blind entrepreneur. And that led to the blindblogger.net, where I share my experiences and the lessons people can take from, usually from my mistakes, but uh, lots of good lessons. I've written four books, including my latest, The Blind Blogger's First Speaking and Signing Adventures, How to Conquer Your Fears. Uh, I've been on hundreds of podcasts. I help other people get on podcasts, and I have I host a show called "What's Your Excuse?" You know, you gotta <laughs> say that. that. You gotta say that with attitude. You know, I, <laughs> and I actually got that from a 12 year old podcaster named Izzy from from Podfest two years ago. She's like, "Max, you're saying it wrong." And I'm like, "What do you mean I'm saying it's wrong? It's my show." <laughs> and she said, "No, you gotta go. What's your excuse?" You know, like so. <laughs> where I I interview people who've overcome adversity or thrive despite a difficult life circumstances. Uh, I also interview people who happen to be, I happen to be curious about who are, or who inspire me. And the one thing that's been constant throughout the last eight years is promoting my websites and whatever work I'm involved in through doing podcast interviews, having conversations like we're having today. And I've gone from doing that because I didn't have any other way to meet people face to face. You know, I didn't have a, a good transportation options as a blind man living in the suburbs. So I, I started that eight years ago. I did it when I was selling used rides. I've done it as I've been uh, promoting my writing and, and speaking and other, other activities. And so I've gone from doing it for me because I had to, didn't have a choice, uh, to doing it for friends and, and now doing it for clients. So I now offer services where I train people to be podcast guests and where I book them on podcasts and where I mentor them so that they get better and better each time they, they have a conversation like this. So that's the story. Um, I hope that you've still got some time left. 
and you know it's it's just an ever expanding ever changing story ever winding river and i just wait to see what's going to happen next awesome well with that that's cool i mean i always so you didn't go to join the circus you were just in you were already a part of it I was a part of a carnival. Carnival. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. Right. We, no, 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 we always no, talk no, about no, you no, run no. and find. So you, is it? Is it? Is it? We a, did actually. Yeah, we did actually hook up with a circus for one winter, and so we we were a carnival and a circus for for about three months. But uh, it's a def, definitely a different lifestyle because of, with a carnival you go to town, you're there for a week, ten days, sometimes for two or three weeks, and you know with a circus, most of the ones that are still out there working. You know, you're in a different town every two or three days. Sometimes Mm. every day you're in a different town, you know. So, Mm. and of course, you know, being around the animals for what circuses still have animals is just crazy. I've I've got many friends in the circus world. I've learned a lot about that side of the business that I didn't know before because of, you know, helping sell equipment. Because when I started selling stuff, I'm like, everybody sells to the other carnival owners, but is anybody asking the circus owners if they need hot dog machines or uh or you know frozen drink machines or mm. generators or whatever so uh, you know when i started my business i was like i gotta be different so i've got to be global because most of the competitors are pretty much north america i've got to be global and i've got to think you know other aspects of the amusement industry like casinos like zoos and aquariums like the you know the family entertainment centers with the go-karts and stuff <laughs> even the even the new thing agritourism where you know, people pay to go pick their own produce. A lot of those uh, businesses have like inflatables. Some of them will have a few kitty mechanical rides, um, and some of them have interactive stuff like rock climbs. So I really, I'm like, I got to be different. I got to do stuff other people weren't thinking of, and that's why you know I've gotten to know a lot of I've gotten to know a lot about the rest of the amusement industry that I really hadn't. You know, it was really outside my small world until I started the website. Wow, yeah. that's that's interesting, and and it's still a a thriving industry today because you don't. Well, it's, see... it's it's had a rough year because of COVID. But oh, here's the I thing. Bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about yeah. COVID. I I try and yeah. wipe that out of my yeah. head as much as I can. Yeah, I know, I know. But here's the thing: so a lot of the people in our industry have been very creative. They've taken their food trailers and set up. Uh, set up food courts where people drive through and, and get, you know, fast food, you know, midway food. Uh, they've set up trailers to sell, you know, stock uh, stuffed animals and other other uh, prizes that you usually win on the midway. Uh, whenever states have given them permission, they've opened. And the most important thing has been none of the finance companies want this stuff back. So yeah. the the companies that own that hold all the paper on all those fancy rides you see at your fairs, they are basically cooperating big time because they would rather have that stuff out there working or potentially working as opposed to having it sitting in their yard. So <laughs> otherwise, things would be a whole lot worse than they are. You know, um, the only good thing for most of these companies is they're not having to pay their insurance. They probably didn't have to pay their insurance last year <laughs> yeah, right right at and least not probably... their midway at least not their midway insurance they probably had to pay their the insurance that you have like if somebody gets a bad a bad bag of popcorn or something you know like what is that product liability that's oh, what i'm yeah, thinking there you go probably had to have that but most of them you know um and if you you know if they were operating fewer rides or rides that were less uh dangerous or less uh exciting 
you know, they could have dropped some of their policy for, for the year. So, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. The, the industry has basically decided we're just going to get through it and we're going to worry about all this stuff next year for the most part. If you, with the exception of the really small companies, the people that own two or three rides or five or six games or, you know, maybe have a small show of six or seven rides, those people pretty much out of the business because of COVID, but a lot of them were on the edge of business, on the edge of going out anyway before COVID. You know, yeah. when you, one of the things that we learned really quick in business is, is you have to scale. So if, you, if you're small, there's nothing wrong with being small, but if you stay small, eventually you're going to go out of business. That's just the way it is because the bigger operators will always have an advantage or they'll create an advantage or they will use the advantage that they've they've had for years because they they were in other businesses before this one. So, you know, I I you know, I, I like to look at sustainable growth. You know, I'm not one of those people who thinks, hey, if I'm not making six figures, I'm a failure. But, you know, if you're if your business isn't isn't growing, you know, if you're I say it's okay to be small, but it's not good to stay small, which is why you know, the coaches and people like me and you we talk a lot about scale. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's turn the corner on this, Ryan. What do you think? Yeah. So, <clears throat> first of all, I've been doing the, we've been doing this podcast for for some time now, and it always it always amazes me the things that I learn from it, and the and the people that that are they're doing doing amazing things, and no different with you and and what you've been doing, and I just thanks for being on the show. We're 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 chewing something new. We got the the wheel of Crayley. The wheel of Crayley. And we, we asked uh, Maxwell if he was game for the wheel of Crayley. He said yes, so we're going we're gonna to do it. Are you ready? You tell me when I'm ready to spin the wheel. I'm going to put it up on the camera. Uh, how many... How many... Yeah, how many spots are on the wheel, and do the words do the words have colors with them? You know what I mean? Yeah, they yep. do have colors, and there's probably 30? 15 to 20. All right, so when... So here's what you here's what you need to do, okay? Have All you right. spun the wheel? Have you spun the wheel yet? Nope. nope. There'll be noise okay, and clapping. To, we, okay, I can't do this because I obviously can't see the wheel. Yep. What we need to do is to is to bring a little carnival midway flavor in here, okay? Even nice. Though now, yes. Even Let's though I'm it. now an author and a speaker and a publicist, okay. Here's what you do: you spin the wheel, and then as it starts to slow down, you need to call out the colors. And then maybe even mention some of the words, not the whole phrases, but like the last word or two. Okay. So just as it starts to slow down, you know, call the colors, Ooh, call the words. Okay. Pretend you're the pretend you're the guy on the mic at the oh. midway. And <laughs> get gonna, your dog's let's, head. Let's do, let's do that. Let's oh, do that, this guys. is good. All right. Get you, your will crazy. You gonna reel it? You gonna yell them out? You gonna do it? Me or you? Yeah, you. Okay, you, okay. Ryan. Ryan, you, you're I'll the. You're the you're okay. the. Uh, feel, free to edit, feel free to edit this out if this goes badly. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't edit yeah. on the show. Whatever happens I'm on the glad. show happens right. on okay. the show. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I think this will be fun. All I right, let's you guys do will have it. Fun with this. And we're spinning it now. Let me do that. Again. And we're going up on Green, our blue, blue red. red. What, what is, is the biggest? <laughs> what is the biggest? business goal you've ever achieved what is the biggest business goal you have ever achieved maxwell oh my biggest business goal i would say uh you know and these goals change i would say my biggest business goal was getting online and making my first real international sale um 
because I ha I had to go through so many struggles in order to get online in the first place. And when I sold my first ride, which was which was which was fun because I got a contact from Australia, and the gentleman was looking for a ride called an Astroliner, which was built in the 70s. And uh, he said, I really want to have one of these, but there aren't any of them for sale. Can you find one? So I found him one. I even found him one of the four what were called Jules Verne models, which were used. They were a 53-foot trailer. And so within a few weeks, this ride went from uh, Lawrence, Kansas to Long Beach, California to Sydney, Australia. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was really cool. It was, um, it was fun. I wasn't able to be there, but it was fun knowing that these people flew in from Australia to look at a ride that I had found. So this was like, oh, wow. you know, this is like really validation that, you know, that you can do this, you know? So that was, that was my big, big business accomplishment there. And then as far as a podcast, even though it didn't happen, you know, intentionally, I think one of my biggest things for my podcast was interviewing John Lee Dumas and finding out he's, he has the same fears that the rest of us do. Yeah, that's awesome. We had him on the show. Yeah, we've had John Lee on the show too. He, Briefly, he also spoke at the Utah Podcast Summit. Yeah, he spoke at our. Yeah, house. he's a great. He's yeah, a great I, guy. I saw, yeah, I heard him at uh, Podfest uh, two years ago, and it was like, man, I'm doing. After I heard him talk, I'm like, man, Max, you're doing everything wrong. JLD's got a lot of energy, yeah. man. That dude oh, yeah. just goes and he goes. goes. Yeah. He, he, well, he's well, a classic he, doer. Podcast yeah, and fire. But, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't running on high octane, octane today. I talked to him, but, but um, <laughs> it was. It, he, we had a great conversation about you know his, his the loss of his comrades during war, the, yeah. the fear he had with uh, his first few podcast interviews. It was a great. It was a great fifteen minutes. And the thing about it is, is it really fits into my my brand. I like to tell people, if you don't ask, they can't say yes. And sometimes you're, sometimes the ask is not really direct. Well, I basically made John Lee Dumas mad at me. Um, <laughs> um, he no, we got to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep telling that story forever, man. Um, <laughs> he, he had been on creating a brand with uh, Alex Sanfilippo, who's a good friend of mine ever since we, we shared the stage at PodFest in Picha Picha. And... Uh, and he had John Lee on his show, and as a good friend, I was I was promoting it to my social media accounts, because that's what you do, you know. That's the whole point of, of you know. That's that's how we that's how we live out here, you know. We help each other. So, yeah. and John Lee responded, and I think he said I think he liked it, and I think he said thanks or something. I said, you know, I'm just I'm just promoting for Alex. I said, and I would love to have you on my show, but I just don't think you've ever had any. I don't think you've ever suffered. And, <laughs> and, and he wrote back and i you know i can't really tell usually i could not tell the emotion of somebody who's writing to me because with my screen reader i have to i have to go character by character to, to see capital letters and you know sometimes i don't notice uh, punctuations like exclamation points or whatever so but i could tell by this email when he said it the twitter basically said um have you ever had a guest who uh, had to go to war and lost four of his buddies in combat. I'm like, no, never happened. I said, not, not only do I haven't had a guest, I don't think any of my audience has either. And so I ended up apologizing to him, but I said, you know, if people take the time to look, they'll find out that you have overcome a lot, but you do not talk about it much. At least not, you know, where the average person, the, the non fan would know it. And so he, 
said he was going to come on my show. And, you know, I almost said no. I almost said, you know, because he has a rule. You know, he only does like 15-minute interviews. Yeah. And when I got the when I got the calendar invite saying that I had 15 minutes with him, like, Max, this is not you. Your show is 45 minutes to an hour. And I almost said no to him. And then, you know, uh, Alex got me, got me off to the side at PodFest. He said, Max, JLD doesn't say yes to most people. If And he doesn't give anybody more than 15 minutes. So if you haven't deleted that link, you need to go schedule your calls. <laughs> <laughs> That's but you know, awesome. it's just I'm just like you know, that's fifteen. That's not what I do, you know. But thankfully, and you know, that's a, another example of how I've managed to get here because I surround myself with really good people, really smart people, people who are trying to accomplish things, and people in many cases who have passed right on by me towards their goals. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I love his new Pod Match uh, platform that's using artificial intelligence to match hosts and guests. And even though I am a publicist and I connect hosts and guests, um, you know, I've, I love his site because I've learned that even on his site, you still have to send those emails or those private messages to get noticed. So, uh, yeah, but good people. Uh, Alex, uh, his, his wife, Alicia, Chip Edwards, Adrian Smith, a lot of people who are quick to remind me when, I'm, when I either devalue when I don't think I'm as good as I am, or if I start to think I'm better than I am, they'll both they'll remind <laughs> me either way. Awesome. I love it. Hey, we want to ask another question. So, uh, you want to spin the wheel again? Go ahead. Well, well, I want to ask you a, a, a pointed or not a pointed question, but how do you feel about goals? What are, what do you think that, what does a goal mean to you? I'm just curious. Do you use goals? Is that something that you care about? Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest with you guys because this is my brand. This is how I live my life. Okay, the most of the best things that I have done in my career over the last 13 years, I did not plan. They were not my original goal. What happened is somebody came along and said, "Max, have you ever thought about trying this?" Or somebody came along and said, "Max, I can. I think you can do this." Or somebody came along and said, Max, I don't think you can do it, but uh, I'd love to see you try. And for example, my first book was written on a dare. A woman dared me to write a book within two months so I could be part of an online summit. You know, So a lot of, of my things that I've done were really out of necessity or entertainment or curiosity. So I would say the goal isn't as important as the doing and I think this is why I've been able to do so many things is because I don't really think about the goal. I think about what am I doing now? What do I need to do next? And I try not to think much, much past that if I can help it. And I'm known for an expression and, you know, maybe you guys will get it. Maybe you won't. But most of the time people say, Max, that's a horrible thing to say about yourself. But I think I think it's really honest, which is I'm not I'm not smart enough to be scared. I, yeah, I'm, uh, for those for those who are for those who are trying to figure out how to take that, basically, I have a childlike wonder with which I approach most everything I do, whether it's whether it's eating a new food, trying a craft beer, or trying to figure out how to get a subscription form added to my website. You know, it's all <laughs> an experience, an adventure, a short, um, you know, a short or medium goal. 
but I don't really always get to, and maybe I would be even farther along on my journey if I had stated goals. But usually my goals are kind of temporary, like, you know, publish the book, get the podcast out, um, figure out where I want to go on my next trip, you know, um, and even that. I think uh, a, lot, a lot of times my travel plans are dictated by, you know, opportunities that just happen to come along. And some of them I submit to, some of them I compete for. And some of the people just go, hey, Max, you know, you want to come do this? And I go do it. For, you know, for example, um, I have been selected as one of the people who gets to spend a week on Idea, on Idea Island this summer. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen or not because of COVID. I've got my vaccination, both shots, so it could happen. But it's a weekend. It's a weekend on a private island off the coast of Norway. Wow. You know, and basically I told them, I said, you know, I know, I know that you want people to go there and have serenity and see the scenery and, and get recharged. I said, but think about it. The blind guy will experience your island in a way that no sighted person would, you know, from from smells, from the breezes, from the sounds, both daytime and nighttime. And they were like, yeah, we can see how you could present our island to others in a way that most people wouldn't get. So, and of course, I also mentioned seeing it through the eyes of the other people that will be there. So I, I don't know if it will happen. If it does, um, I'll go. If it doesn't, something else will show up. I think curiosity and tenacity and perseverance and short and medium-term goals are more important than long-term goals. I think long-term goals uh, frustrate and depress us, whereas short-term and medium-term and medium goals make us feel good about ourselves and help us to keep going. And if you guys don't mind, I'd like to share my four questions method for accomplishing a goal with a, a big goal. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, All let's right, do cool. it. All right. All right, I have four questions. First. What you want to do is you want to take the goal that you have and make a list of all the abilities and resources you'll need to accomplish it right this minute. Now, I will guarantee you there's going to be probably three or four times as many things you don't think about that aren't on this list when you start. Don't worry about that. Just make the list based on what you can think of. And then you want to take each item on the list and ask yourself these questions. Can I do this? If you can do it, then go ahead and take action on it immediately. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and do that thing that you can do. All right. If you can't do it, can you learn how to do it? And if you can learn how to do it, then sign up for the course, reach out to the mentor, watch the podcast, read the book, however you can learn about it. If you can learn about it, then learn. If you can't do it and you can't learn how to do it, can you get somebody else to do it for you? Uh, and that could mean asking people as volunteers or interns. It could mean, like I have done many times, expressing your needs and having people show up that are willing to help you uh, solve a problem or get to your next goal. Uh, it can be hiring people through Fiverr Upworks, or it can be, you know, a formally hiring somebody. You know, th there's so many ways you can get somebody else to do something that you either can't do, don't do, or you know, would be better off to have somebody else do it for you. So if you can do it, go ahead and take action. If you can't do it, can you learn how? If you can't learn how, can you get somebody to do it for you? And if you can't, and if, if you can't get somebody to do it, then ignore it. Put it off to the side. 
don't think about it take action on the things that you can actually have some amount of control over and as you take action on the things you can do something about you are going to grow as a person you're going to improve your talents and skills you're going to attract new people and so eventually those things that you have over in that column of i can't do learn or farm out to somebody else eventually you'll move them into other categories and you'll continue to make progress when i, I started it. yeah that's my four questions and of course every so often look at your list and move stuff around because as you grow there are going to be things that'll be moved over to the i can do it list you know i think the the biggest problem with with goals that we've talked about many many times is that the you don't have a strategy for actually doing something having a goal is worthless if you don't have some kind of a strategy to get somewhere with it which is awesome i love this right here that you're saying this is this is what we're talking about goals are great but they're worthless if you don't have a plan to to reach and 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 go and if you and if you and if you don't apply action to the plan you know exactly there are there are lots of people they know exactly what they need to do the question is finding the energy or the courage to do it and the problem for most people is while they, they aren't happy they are comfortable with their level of unhappiness and they are fearful that if they change, try to change their lives, that things could be worse. So a lot of people would rather stay where they are than take that risk that they could be in a totally different place that would be more joyful. And it's, it's hard, you know, you, you build up a routine in your life and in your thinking over years, it's difficult to change that. The other thing that makes it really hard for most people is when they start to ch- make changes, their friends and family start to pull back on them you know they start to they they uh, all those all those negative things that people have said or thought about you over the years they come up because if you change then they either have to change or they have to have, to have a, a smaller relationship or maybe even lose a friend or lose contact with a family member because of your change so you know you guys mentioned reading my book leading you out of the darkness into the light a blind man's inspirational guide to success um, one of the most, to me, the most important thing that I did in that book was to include my email address and to encourage people to write to me and share their progress. And the reason I did that is because I, I know lots of people. I know you guys know lots of people. They've read the book. They've listened to the audio. They went to a seminar. They may have even paid thousands of dollars to hear somebody speak. And they're still the same person they were before because when they get home, it's still them against their friends, their family, their work, their dog, their children. Uh, in some cases, it's mental or emotional challenges. Some cases, it's living in poverty or in, in, uh, in, you know, in situations where there's a lot of socioeconomic drag against you. There's so many things that get in people's way. But the main thing is, I wanted people to have at least one voice where they could write and they could say, hey, Max, I got my four questions answered. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Max, I, I, cut my, I cut my social media time down from four hours a day to an hour a day. Or, you know, hey, Max, I've almost stopped listening to the news. You know, I wanted people to report on their progress. And I tell you, a lot of other authors and coaches said, you're nuts. 
people are going to take advantage of you and use a lot of your time that you won't get paid for. And I said, I don't care. The whole point of this book is not for me to make money. It's for me to help other people accomplish some of the things in their life by the example that they can get from some of the things I've done in my life. And so I really hope that, you know, more people will use that book and take and uh, work through the exercises and make progress. And I love hearing the good news. I also tell people that you don't have to be willing to, to buy from me, book me or hire me in order to reach out to. Me. I want people to use, to use my contact form and visit my website. I mean, you know, it's the blindblogger.net and my email is just ask at the blindblogger.net. How much, how much more plain can I make it that I'm not here to get rich. I'm not here to be famous. I'm here to help those one or two or three other people who are ready to be helped through my writing, my blogging, and my podcast. And that's that's what I think is the most important thing about that book. Awesome. Mm. I love it. Thank you so much, Maxwell, for being on the show. So good. Uh, uh, thank you. We any any so you gave a few links. Is there any other links or anything you'd like to wrap up with? Uh, how people can get a hold of you and that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Well, they can always go to the blindblogger.net. If they want to catch the podcast, it's on most of the players. They can also say, Alexa, Google Play, what's your excuse? And they can get the latest episode of my podcast. I've already given my email address. Uh, I'm Maxwell Ivy on all the social media platforms. I'm the uh, I'm the blind blogger on Instagram, but that's the only place where I'm the blind blogger. So Maxwell Ivy, uh, go to the website, uh, search for the blind blogger on uh, on Amazon or wherever you buy your eBooks. Or hey, send me an email. I I am more than likely. I tell you what, I would rather sell somebody a book directly than have, you know, have them go through Amazon. So, I mean, I want to build a relationship. I don't just want to sell the book. You know, that's where I'm at. So, I love it. I hope this comes. That's great. That's what that's what the show's all about, and that's why uh, we have people like you on the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. You're gonna take us out. Hey, just one more thing. Hey, guys, um, you know, I've been blessed to be on a lot of shows and get to share my experiences and my story. And really, without guys like you, there wouldn't be a the blind blogger or the what's your excuse. I just want to say thank you for the time and the effort and the money and the preparation that you put into this podcast and the platform you've given me. Thank you. You are very oh, welcome. Wow. We are honored, my friend. Yes. We're honored. Um, yeah, so thanks for being on the show. Uh, we will go ahead and uh, take, I I usually take us out, so I'll do it as yeah. well. I yeah. always do it. <laughs> this whole new format, it's throwing me off. Yeah, it's throwing us off. I, I tell you what, can I take us out? I, I, can I oh, take, yeah. Can I you. Okay, all right, cool. All right. Too, yeah. Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away. To what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. Hmm. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Thank you, gentlemen. Sweet. Oh I think I say we just end it right there, man. Woo! Yeah. Thank you for yeah. listening to the Biz All for right. Good Show podcast. We want to thank all our fans and guests on the show. 
Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For your hosts, Bobby Glenn James and Ryan Pilkington, this is Tim Jackson saying get out and do some good. Now go 